Malaga. Baby, you don't took this shit to the another motherfucking level. Now a neighborhood nigga like me ain't supposed to be getting no pussy like this. God damn. God damn. Who taught you how to get sexy for a nigga? Hello everybody, welcome to Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. I'm Hakeem. Yeezy taught me. <laughs> Shout out to the one time it is acceptable to have a female voice like that in a skit on an album. Right, right. Best Com- one ever. Yeah, it was amazing. Chris Rock. Shout, shout out, out to Chris Rock. Big shout out to Kanye West as always. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us today. What are we talking about today, Jake? We're going to talk about Danny Brown's album, you know what I'm saying. We kind of talked about it the past few weeks in anticipation, so you know we've been looking forward to that one. And then the second is Billy Woods. Terror Management. Yes. Yeah, very cool. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Billy Woods is a bit of an underground artist. Uh, the person who put me on to him was uh, Anthony Fantano back in 2000, maybe 2014. <laughs> the uh, Needle Drop. Who? <laughs> Hooks, lines, and hip hop only. I forgot. My bad. Oh, the melon. The melon. Yeah. The melon. I know who. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but the album he put me onto was "History Will Absolve Me," and I'm trying to see what year that. And from came this out. point on, he will be like we will treat him as Voldemort, <clears throat> so his name will no longer be said. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you got to be careful. You got to be careful. You can't talk about the he melon. He should not be named. Ironically, a uh, speech apparently named by Fidel Castro too. Which did not know that, but also just goes to show you how deep Billy Woods is. So back in 2012, 2012, history will absolve me. I read something too. Uh, he's he's kind of cryptic in the fact that he doesn't like allow himself to be photographed. Makes sense. I yeah. mean, he's a very he's a very strange man. I wouldn't say strange. <clears throat> Def- maybe just very aware and also very counterculture in regards to like anti-Western culture. Uh, you know, against uh, white privilege and, yeah. you know, a lot of race tension on the album. Uh, he did spend most of his time in Africa, so most of his childhood was spent in Africa, which kind of makes sense with some of the titles on the tracks uh, in Terror Management. But we're not going to get too deep into it yet, guys. We need to talk about news first, all right? That's right. Let's not jump the gun here. That's right. So right. Kevin Durant went on Hot 97 for their five listeners. right. And Jake's he, one of them. I am one of them. Rosenberg's Rosenberg's so insightful. No. At really, first I thought you were ass. Now I used to listen I listen, used to listen to them pretty regularly, but I don't really do much anymore. To be clear, I, I do enjoy some of Hot 97's interviews. I'll, I listen to them and I also listen to The Breakfast Club, even though I'm not a big fan of either radio station. Because that medium seems kinda outdated now. Yeah, because now that if we have noticed if yeah, if you've noticed um on The Breakfast Club They've moved cor- moved more to like a podcast format. They're doing more interviews with non-hip-hop people. They still do the hip-hop ones, but they're interviewing politicians, which they have always interviewed non-music-related people. But it seems to me like they're kind of growing and adapting with their, their viewers, I think. It seems to also be iHeartRadio's format yeah. as well, because iHeartRadio uh, is, the, is the station that owns Breakfast Club, I guess you could say. Um, they have a lot of podcasts featured that they do. So, could be the business models changing, you know. I th- I mean, we're also seeing TV sort of, uh, more TV channels being on YouTube now. They're uploading their content on mm-hmm. YouTube. Everybody's everybody's adapting. Yeah. So. Um, but Kevin Durant goes on Hot 97, and they asked him for his five favorite rappers. 
And this is exactly who I would picture. That's that one, Latrobe. There you go. Yeah. Sorry. Um, he lists his top five favorite rappers, and it's I almost could have predicted them. <laughs> Jay Z. Can it, I can I predict? I don't know. Yeah. Tell me if I get any right. Lil Wayne. No. Okay. Biggie. No. Tupac. No. Future. No. I knew he was going to be done. generational. I'm done. I don't know. Go okay. Ahead. You you said Jay Z the first time, but yes, Jay Z was like the he was the fifth one mentioned. Nice. But he says no. He says this is what his response. He says Drake. Dot dot dot. I mean, you got to go with the three: Cole, Kendrick, and Drake. I like Thugger. And then he said he reluctant. I guess they said in the interview to pick a fifth. He named Jay Z like an honorable mention. But that's that's that who that's a, who Durant grew up on. I guess. No, no. I think he's just. That's grew just up like with. a safe top five also. Yeah. Like everybody always Shout goes. Shout out that he's that he threw Thugger in there. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Young Thug is uh has proven he's he's kind of like a, a cult legend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Similar. I love to Kevin Durant. People hate him, but I love I, Kevin Durant. I I'm one of those people I'm not hilarious. a big fan of him. I think he's hilarious. Hey, shout out to Kevin Durant. Hope the Brooklyn Nets do something this year. Oh yeah. What you got? We'll see. Uh, so apparently Drake's dad went on, uh, Nick Cannon has a morning show on 106 FM. Who? <laughs> Nick Cannon, y'all know who. Oh, Mariah Carey's ex-husband. That's right. Yeah. You, dude, have some respect. Did you not watch Drumline a hundred times like every good child did? Yeah, but Nick Cannon was not what he I cared about. He cornrows back then. Yeah, but I'm not Post Malone, so that didn't really appeal to me. <laughs> As, as a kid, as a Didn't white have an kid, influence on kid. you? Yeah. I <laughs> got you. Okay, so what they were discussing, though, was uh, Drake. Drake's dad is essentially saying that some, a lot of what Drake says about him in his records is to, is to sell records. It's not true. Yeah. And mostly what, what he's talking about, if you all haven't listened to a Drake album, uh, he usually paints a picture like him and Drake are very estranged. He didn't spend a lot of time with him. When in reality, um, his dad says that he saw him often when they were kids. Um, I'm trying to see where the actual quote is. He says, I've always been with Drake. And then he said, Drake, why are you saying all this different stuff about me, man? That This is not cool. He goes, Dad, it sells records. Nick Cannon laughs a little bit. Um, he says, I, tr- I took Drake down through there, so to speak. I exposed him to every aspect of life. I never hid anything from him. I showed him this side of life. I showed him that side of life. So I guess he's saying he exposed him to everything, good and bad. Yeah. Like any dad does. Uh, Drake goes on. He posts a a Instagram picture that's on his story that said, Woke up today so hurt, man. My father will say anything to anyone that's willing to listen to him. It's sad when family gets like this, but what can we really do? That's the people we're stuck with. Every bar I ever spit was the truth, and the truth is hard for some people to accept. Shrug emoji. How do you feel about that? Any any response to that? Not really. I don't I don't see why Drake's dad would would have a reason to lie. I also don't think he said anything that was insulting to Drake. I mean, <sighs> We're well aware that Drake has lied to sell records before, correct? Drake has lied to sell a record. <laughs> You're shocked? No, I'm not shocked. Right. So it's uh, pin, we got the pinwheel of death. Let's we're see. Out, it. No, we're good. I think we're good. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Shout uh, out to this computer. No, Drake's Drake's lied to sell a record before. Yeah, oh. <laughs> he has a few times. 
think everything is truth. Right. And I, I don't. So he didn't start from the bottom with that white Bentley. <laughs> you made a fair point. Yeah, right. The, the white Bentley and living in Canada and all that kind of stuff. So we know that Drake has lied in the past. Uh, not not so much lied, but maybe embellished ben, yeah, or bend truths. But isn't that isn't that what most people do when they're creating art of any kind? Um, yeah, I'm gonna let all of y'all in on something. <laughs> this is entertainment. Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> rappers are are liars. And at the, we, yeah, at the end of the day, before, rappers are liars. At the end of the day, regardless of how we feel about whatever artist, that's really what it comes down to. Yes, and also, even. I mean, we've also seen that Drake doesn't even write his own lyrics sometimes. Okay, now you're just dropping all these crazy facts. But what does that go on to tell you, though? So what is he defending? He's not defending anything. He's defending Drake's legacy. He has a legacy based on the amount of hits that he has. And this, I'm surprised I haven't seen this, because this is going to be all over Snapchat. This is going to be clickbaited the fuck out. Right. And also, like I said... Well, it's the fact that Drake responded to it the way he did. He really responded like he was insulted. But also, we know that Drake is light-skinned as fuck, which is an outdated way of saying that he's emotional as all hell. And he responds to everything that's even somewhat about him. Yes, and let's be honest. This could all be staged. No, you, no, no. I don't, don't think, think so? so. No, I don't think so. I, I, staged for what? Like, it doesn't help anybody. This This makes Drake look bad he's insulting his father it makes his dad look like the typical celebrity parent who's like oh so i have the telling, rich son you're telling me on the next on the next drake album when when they like trade bars the voicemail the voice yeah. i can't you know, wait for you, the voicemail interlude from you see his what i'm dad. saying like, i see what you're saying but also um i i don't really think that they would stage something like this and also, like I said, Drake's very emotional. He responds to everything. Oh. Well, that that's about how invested I am in it. Yeah, I, I would, really I would a develop fuck. a conspiracy theory just as quick as I would believe either side. <laughs> Very indifferent towards yeah. it is what you're saying. All right, well, we'll keep it. Just eye like on Days it. of Our Lives has no bearing on my Listen. the days of my life, Drake and his dad beefing. I'm still gonna bump the same Drake the same day, like I was the day before. What's the Drake that you bump nowadays? I mean, we have experienced all of Drake. We've been there for the evolution. What's the Drake that you bump? If you're reading this, mm-hmm. and probably like uh, nothing was the same era. Okay, nothing was the same. If you're reading this, and um, views and I can still go me. back to views. Views is kind of nostalgic. Where, I can't listen the, all the way through. I'm not like in it like you are with that I think, album. I agree, but <laughs> I think a lot of people question our credibility at times in regards to that album and um, Yeezus. Jesus, I still, I'll still stand by. To quote uh, Rick Sanchez, "You can lick, lick, lick my balls." Mm. Yeah, Takashi Six Nines attorneys hopeful to get him home for Christmas. Yeah, he really did some. He did some grade A snitching. Takashi Six Nine excels at everything, be it clout chasing. He was great at that. Fake internet drama. He's great at that. It, um, and also, he can add snitching to his uh, arsenal. Somebody made a good point. Takashi Six Nine has trademark snitching. Now yeah. they call it just being Takashi. Like he could make a career out of this. Like for people who think like his career's over, this man has can mark can market himself like no other person I have ever seen. Yep. It, even Lil Nas X. I know you like to say that him trolling was it was it's definitely like. Uh, a certain level of understanding of the internet and its humor. 
nobody gets it like Takashi. No, I, I agree with that. This dude made a skit when he was beefing with Juice World of his girlfriend getting fucked in in like the shadows and him crying to yeah. a Juice World track. Like it was so it was so funny, but he just has a ton of examples of his his level of trolling that he may come out and make a career on being the hip hop snitch. Maybe. Dude. I can't wait to see it. I'll be interested. He could be the fall guy in so many movies now. Yeah, he could just <laughs> he always plays he always plays the guy who flips. Yeah. He would almost with all those tattoos, he he'd almost have to have a role like Machete or Machete. Sorry. Yeah. Like he appears in the same different movies as the same character. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we'll see about that. I know they're hopeful for time served. I don't really have feelings about this anymore. I, it's been so fucking long. It's such it's such a long process too. I mean, um, apparently Shadi is uh, is saying not. I think he's he's trying to fight his case, which would give him like fifteen years. I didn't really rock that hard with him when he was popping. Like I liked what was it Gumma that whatever that album was last year. Uh, that was on my top ten. But he was already in, in like I was just I was kind of on it the wave. Good, it was a good it was a good album. Yeah, I was on the back you. end of the Takashi wave. I wasn't really following him when he was. I, I like um, he has a, he has a, he has a, some songs on the first album that I'll still go back to like for the gym gym songs and yeah. stuff. Again, I'm not saying you're a cornball for but liking a... somebody who snitched. I'm this is not the streets. Yeah, I live in a suburb. Yeah, we're okay. In, we're on top floor up here, so yeah, yeah, we don't know nothing about this. Fine, we encourage snitching. Yeah, <laughs> obviously, it gets you a lighter sentence. May <laughs> may get you killed and stomped out on the. Sidewalk. Hey, 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 if you're going to snitch, accept the witness protection. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. All right. What else? Let's jump into the next story here. We got a uh, shout out to Complex today for all, the, for all your news. Sponsored by Complex. Not really. Um, Nipsey Hussle has a biography coming out. The Marathon Don't Stop. Uh, the documentary is coming out supposedly March 24th of next year. Uh, it's written by music journalist Rob Kenner. And it says that it'll have on-the-ground reporting and interviews with Nipsey's friends and family. Okay. That's pretty cool. We should watch that and yes. review it. That would be cool. Absolutely. That would be cool. Supposedly, the X documentary is coming soon, too. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. To hopefully, if they drop around the same time, they uh, go together. How do you, do you feel the same way about the X documentary as you do like his, his post posthumous music that's been coming out? Like, it shouldn't come out now that he's dead? Or do you think they'll do it right? I, I could go either know. way. Yeah, it huh? could go either way with the way they've handled some of the other stuff. That, but I'm excited for Nipsey's because I don't think there's any. I mean, there's no negative controversy around Nipsey other than the fact that he was killed. Right. But I mean, there's not. There's no other storyline added to him. I don't think. Right no, now. no, not at all. And that uh, that sort of again, there are certain people that are good at protecting legacies. Nipsey's family seems to be doing an exemplary job of that yeah, as absolutely. well of protecting his legacy. So. Be on the lookout for that sometime next year. What you got, Jake? Kanye West. I don't even want to talk about it. Do we have to talk about it? Yeah, we have to talk about it. So Kanye West uh, at the Salt Lake City Sunday service. Um, I, I don't even know what to talk about. It was some, I guess it was some, <laughs> some Republican Party of Lincoln. He, he said that they were responsible for freeing the slaves? Yeah, I talked about he so he talked about the Republican Party of Lincoln freeing the slaves and how the support how his support for Trump I never made a decision only based on my color 
That's a form of slavery, mental slavery. Doubling down on what he said last year in the TMZ offices about slavery being a choice and yada, yada, yada. Kanye on his bullshit, off his meds. Um, I don't co-sign this. This is, it's frustrating as this a is alter, This is an alternate universe. I yeah, think. yeah. We're in the shitty. We're in the shitty alternate universe. Yeah. Um, Kanye, please uh, just put the album out. At least, if you're gonna talk crazy, just put the album out. Distract everybody for a little bit. Like we're not. We talked about Drake mm-hmm. drumming. Kanye is the master of creating a storyline. So. Right. Yeah, he's who pissing knows? somebody off for a reason. Yeah. Who, so who knows what'll happen with that? Good point. You got Good anything point. else for news? Um, I was gonna bring up this Ja Rule thing, but yeah, fuck it. We're not talking about Ja Rule. Ja Rule <laughs> and Fifty Beef, and who cares? Nobody, nobody. You're absolutely. It right. will be funny. You got a fact this week? What uh, you know this week? Dude, tell me yours. So Chuck Norris. Motherfucker. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, the opposite sides of a die, singular form of dice will always add up to seven. Ooh. I didn't know that. Very cool. I did not know that either. Hang on, I'm pulling up my trivia. I have a bunch now. of Chuck Norris ones if you just want me to rattle one off. <laughs> you know what? I really don't have another one. The largest known living organism is an aspen grove. It's a group of genetically identical quaking for, aspens. You don't, for those of you who want to go look this up, go type in useless facts, go to the first article that pops up, and <laughs> read the first thing, and you'll have all the details. <laughs> This is a very this is a very cool forest. It's in Utah. Oh, Russ could shoot a video there. <laughs> what they want, what they want, what they want. Yeah. Let's get into Danny Brown. Let's do it. So Danny Brown, you know what I'm saying. First the first line of the track, I think he says, You guys thought I was dead, but I'm back. Right. Uh Atrocity Exhibition came out almost three years ago. Did you like it? Uh I liked Atrocity Exhibition when it came out. My only problem with it was just the fact that it's uh, it was really dark, it was vi- it was really abrasive at times, and uh, Danny Brown's flow has always been something that I'm kind of hot or cold about, depending on the track. Yeah. Even though I introduced you to Danny Brown, Triple X, top Triple ten mixtape ever. Yeah, I agree. But even then, I wasn't like super. Sometimes his his voice was kind of hard for me to get into. You definitely have to be in the mood to listen right. to Danny Brown. Uh, another person who kind of gets that same knock is uh, Kendrick. Kendrick, sometimes some people say that his delivery is. Yeah, and I think part of that too is sometimes it's kind of experimental because right. you can kind of classify Kendrick for each album. Like each album, he has a different delivery for every album. Right, right. It is, it is, uh, it is really interesting. But what I noticed on, on this album, the very first thing was the the flow was going to be a lot different. There's not any, there's not really that much of the typical crazy uh, straining of Danny Brown's voice going in that upper register, you know? We're not not getting a lot of that on on this album. And uh, for me, I kind of liked that. I liked it a lot. And I knew when we saw the production credits and the track list that it was going to be that way. Shout out to JPEG Mafia. Yeah, Q-Tip. Q-Tip. JPEG Mafia. Um, there was a couple others as well, um, but you could definitely hear like, the the tribe influence in the Q-tip tracks. It was also he was making references throughout the tracks of '80s and '90s hip hop legends, um, so that kind of goes to show you what mindset he's in. 
Danny Brown also mentioning the fact that he's aging, uh, not on this on this uh, album directly, but more so in interviews. So I think he's also trying to show a sign of maturing. Well, I mean, and, he went through a significant, like, physical change in right, his appearance. Right, right. And also, the main thing about Atrocity Exhibition, for people who didn't listen to that album, was it was all about the come down and how bad the come down of drugs mm-hmm. is. And it was sort of the negative side of the party that he was on, he was glorifying in Triple X and Old and some of the other uh, albums and mixtapes that preceded Atrocity Exhibition. So now we got You Know What I'm Saying. And um, in the editor's note, they go on to say that Danny Brown explains that the phrase You Know What I'm Saying is... It's kind of it's kind of like it's followed by useless information, so it's not something that you're supposed to really be paying too much attention to, which I felt was kind of interesting, for him to want and to make an album like that. Yeah, and it was, you could play the instrumentals, and I wouldn't. Danny Brown would have been the last artist I would have guessed would be on them. Like if you just said, "Here's an instrumental, listen to this. Who do you think would sound good on this?" Yeah, Danny Brown would not have been my, my pick. Also wouldn't have expected JPEG Mafia to have produced it, being that usually I hear him on his own production is a lot crazier, maybe uh, just just a bit more out there. And, and while there are some out there moments on certain songs like Dirty Laundry, there's not like anything... It's a, it's a very uniform experience. Yeah, it was very focused for a Danny right. Brown album. Right, and it's very short, only I think it's 35 minutes. Yeah, it wasn't long at all. Right, 35 minute album. Uh, the first track, I I said that it was a strong intro. Uh, the marching drums in the background give off like this energy of like perseverance in the first track, and um, the fact that it's called Change Up kind of just goes to show you that he's he's wanting to show a different side of himself. Yeah, but he on wasn't, and I was glad he wasn't like dismissing what he did before. Like he wasn't mm-hmm. coming on and saying doing ecstasy is bad. Right, right. Like right. he just said, I'm kind of addressing past that. This is me now, but I didn't change up. So I was glad to see him kind of address the fact, like, yeah, I'm not putting down who I used to be. He's just saying that he's he's changed. Right, and and actually, he he a lot of this album is about how he used to cook crack. Like yeah. <laughs> that was, and I believe main... it. I believe it. <laughs> he was. There was this one line where he's talking about how it was. Either, I think it was his dad was boiling like. They were making either, I think it was hot dogs in the same pot he yeah, was cooking, cooking crack, crack in. in. Mm-hmm. God dang, what an image. Can yeah, you he said like, something that? like, I, I came from, from the hood where we cooked, or we boiled hot dogs in the same pan we cooked the crack. Or, or the my crack. unk, where he, said, yeah, he says unk, or my uncle. unk cooked the crack. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like adding that he's always time. He's always been real. Like, do you remember on Triple X, um, Scrap or Die? He's mm-hmm. literally talking about how him and his friends would go out and like rob places for like copper wire and that's a huge issue in detroit right and they were using that for money so right. I, he's he's danny brown is real when he says shit like that i believe him and and there are some there are some other some other moments on the album where i think he was he was talking about robbery or or stealing again like in, it was all throughout the album this is one i knew from a, a story that i've heard from a friend so i know that it's true <laughs> But he says, um, Pop Niacin itched all day yeah. just to get violated. That's For those of so you that you don't know, yeah, <laughs> Niacin is a vitamin that 
helps metabolize THC in your blood and yeah. urine. Yes, if you didn't know. Non, you have to get the non, uh, non flush. Yes, but it will flush you and it will make you itch. Right. It, so, yeah. Unless he's fact checking and, and going this deep, I'm I'm pretty sure Danny Brown's telling the truth about knowing about what he's talking about. Right, and also, uh, some an interesting fact that I don't know if you knew, but the track six is called Savage Nomad, and that the Savage Nomads were actually South 19, African gang. They they were in New York. They were New York based yeah. gang, and then he uses clips from a documentary. Yeah, that's when they're talking the about the twelve end. gauge. Right. Yeah. Right, and I and again that was adding some historical relevance, and maybe even showing like the where Danny Brown kind of grew. I mean, he's not from New York; he's from Detroit, but that atmosphere. Right. Yeah, that was really cool. I've been to Detroit. Detroit's pretty damn wild. So I've, I've never been. Um, what I what I liked on on Savage Nomad as well was the were the guitars in the beat. It added, I think it added a bit of like, it it was cute too. Yeah, that one was. Oh, well, that kind of makes sense. But it, uh, it added like some, a a little bit of change because the first five tracks I would say were kind of similar in regards to the beats. Um, he has a a line on that one. He said, I ignore a whore, like an email from LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought I was the only one that would just delete those. Do I? Do you even have a LinkedIn? Yeah, uh, I do. It's uh, I can't log on to it, and I think it still shows me as like a dishwasher. I made it when I was sixteen, <laughs> and then I had to make one when I when I got a job uh, selling insurance. But yeah, I but I was I was anymore. geeking when I heard that. I was like, that's oh my hilarious. god, that's hilarious. Oh yeah, um, he does. Uh, again, he does make references to some eighties and nineties hip hop artists on this track. And for those who are familiar with Danny, Danny Brown, or you may be listening to this and thinking like, damn, he really like calmed down. Is he not being crazy? There's some tra- some tracks where he's crazy, still being that twisted, like he has theme a very song. sick way of talking sometimes. Right. Like, like theme song. I thought that that was, that was hilarious. Um, uh, the bullets is the lyrics turn these rappers into spirits was a line. Um, he's kind of, he's kind of saying like the, the people that he's talking about in the song, the theme song is for, what was, the, what was the hook again? Hang on, I gotta pull it up. I can play it. I love the, the violin in the beginning, the strings in the beginning. And I think Danny Brown excels on this, this type of instrumentation. Bitch ass, pause it. I got it. It's the bitch ass N words theme song. Um, so, and what, what Danny Brown goes on to define as somebody who, who fits this description is somebody that lets money change them, uh, an artist who's controlled by the industry. I wrote a note. Fake, he's independent, he goes on to talk about that. The one thing that stuck out the whole time, I'm thinking, who's he talking about? Who's he talking about? He has one line in that track where he says, hope, hope God strike you dead while you're praying on stage. And at first I was like, is that a shout at Kanye? But he's never really been outspoken about Kanye or a dislike for Kanye. Yeah. And I don't see him to be one to take a stand like that. The only person that I knew who used to pray on stage was DMX. And he's definitely not dissing DMX. I don't think that anybody's that crazy. Dissing. No, no, for sure. Eminem, too Eminem much wouldn't diss DMX. No. Fuck no. Um, no, Dirt? so he may have just been kind of looking at the state of the industry. Yeah, yeah. And, um... 
and he he brags about his independent status, which uh, that coming from somebody like him, I mean, that means a lot, especially because he's been in the game for so long. Yeah. No, but he still tells some funny stories. There's still a little bit of Danny Brown humor. Dude, the the track three, Dirty Laundry, he yes. has 25 the, the a end. peep. 25 a peep show when I enter the booth, mop the floors when I leave my slip if you do. Oh, my God. Again, just like really crass, just kind of gross. Yeah. But still really funny. And painting that grimy, like picture of and he talks you know about I mean? he says what do you say he said i fucked the stripper for some change and he goes no actually change he says dimes <laughs> nickels quarters actually change and then the, the last line of the track is guess who i saw doing laundry? and he said like i left my wallet at home that was my laundry money like that's the whole purpose of the song and that's what he gave gave the stripper for right. sex and he said and guess who i saw doing laundry next morning <laughs> and so, also that's like him airing out his dirty yeah. laundry too that's cool so you still get some of that he has the um What's the the line? He has the, he says something about um, I stick my finger in it if it smell like syrup. You get the work. <laughs> he has he has all sorts of just crass sexual references like that. Yeah, uh, he says if it smells like syrup, you gonna get the work. But if it smell like perch, gotta disperse. <laughs> so you're still gonna get some pussy smelling like Cool Ranch Dorito esque lines. And he says it without that without those crazy inflections. Yeah. Well not as exaggerated. It's still there, you know, it's his voice at the end of the day. But um I think when he turned that down a little bit and he's I think lyrically stepped up in a couple of ways on here um that I really that I really like. Maybe didn't step up but kept that same high level I would say. Yeah he's and, now, been really and now when you pair it the way he sounds and the way he looks and what he's talking about, it's a little more I guess fan friendly i think right. like two two new like gaining potential fans yeah because i've showed danny brown to several people and they're and they like they can't get into it like dude he looks like a crackhead i'm not listening to him right right also he's a dad and i think that that makes a difference um what did you think of the three tiers uh track with, fucking loved with it run the jewels you did love it okay what what uh what stuck out to you on there the killer mike verse was crazy Okay. Um, I thought LP stole the show. I thought they were both good. Yeah. Um, no, I that was is one of my favorite. I thought the production was perfect. Um, I, and I kind of said that on the JPEG Mafia episode. Like, I think he's going to get a lot of looks from this because there's a lot of things that a lot of people can like out of that album. Right. And I think that's why you could see him work with a Danny Brown and he could work with somebody that would even seem more left field. So I like the production a lot. Because even you said it wasn't something that you would maybe hear him on. No, 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 it wasn't. And also, it just wasn't something that I that I would have thought like Peggy could could produce. It yeah, was, it was just I, really. Incredible. I like uh, the Doom shout out. Mm-hmm. Mm, food. Eat yeah, them he, like he, mm, said, food. he said he uh, said true Doom eat up the crew like mm, food. Yeah, yeah, great, great reference. Um, I I think I think LP LP stole the show for me. Killer Mike dropped some Trump bars, yeah. as you would expect from Killer Mike. You know, he's very politically conscious. Um, well, he pretty much just said, I don't, like, he just, I think he's uh, yeah. almost seems like he's kind of, like, done with the Trump narrative. Right. Like, I don't even want to hear about Trump, right. anything Trump. Right. Uh, it, was, it was, there was a lot of chemistry between the two. I, I personally just felt like they, there could have been a better beat chosen, but that's just my opinion. It, it was still a great track either way. Yeah, and it was one that I didn't really expect. The people that he kind of collaborated with, if you look at other track lists of his, I wouldn't expect 
Like, I, if you'd have seen action on here, you'd have been like, okay, action Bronson, right. ASAP Rocky, like the usual suspects. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of, I, I don't want to say left field because all these people are great, but it, it kind of took me by surprise. Remember when him and Ab Soul did a song together? Yeah. I want to see them come back together. I think that would be great. We needed an Ab Soul feature on this the, um I don't know how to pronounce his name. Ubung Jayar. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure that was not the correct way, and I apologize. But I, I thought his features were very effective to the like the vibe of the song. What what track was that one on? Oh, um, yeah. Ubung Jayar. He was on uh, you know what I'm Belly saying. of the Beast, and You Know What I'm Saying. Right. I said that he killed um, You Know What I'm Saying. He had... It was just very impassioned singing towards the back half of the track. And I thought he kind of stole the show on that one. Gave the gave the track a lot of replay value. What did you think about JPEG singing on uh, the ninth track? I, th- I said that he sounded a lot like Pharrell. Yeah, and um, I can see that a lot. Production on the track is amazing. Um, it was my favorite. My favorite Thundercat movie. and Flying Lotus did that one. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Shout out. Um, That's two of the best. That that was my favorite beat on the entire project. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, main point of the track being people come off peaceful to your face, but their true colors show behind your back. I like that. Um, I wish that there was more uh, of JPEG rapping. Yeah. I would have liked more of that on the track because he's maybe it maybe hard as yeah. fuck. Maybe Danny's a fan of the singing, and that's that was right. kind of my thing. Like there were things that I really liked about that that whole tape in particular, right. but then there were just some things I didn't care for. Right. So I think that's what makes him very versatile, and I think we're going to see him featured with a lot of people coming up. Yeah, yeah. And he he is, I think he could be that person that we hear about more in the background, and he's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, he's associated with a lot of big artists. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, he could even be trying to kind of pave a Pharrell way, because Mm -hmm. the Nerd and the Neptunes, they were big, but they weren't. I mean, doing crazy numbers back then. They were kind of an underground phenomenon. Right. And he may be the same way. And now Pharrell's one of the most influential Nerd, producers. They were big. They had but... some big hits, especially off of um, In Search Of. In Search Of was the album that put them on the map. No, they had... Eh, no, no, no. Yeah, but are they getting... pretty big. They're not getting looked at with other bands from back then. They're looked at in hip-hop. In hip-hop. In and, hip-hop. And the problem with them being looked at in hip-hop... Some but, people would say they're a bit too rock. Right. And now Pharrell is viewed as a musical Goat. genius, period. One of the goats. Yeah. And also doesn't age. So I see I Much see like I see a lot Brown. of I see a lot of similarities between the two. I, I, I think like they're that. versatile in a lot of different arenas. I like that. I hope I hope Peggy's legacy builds up to that of of Pharrell. What did you sure. think of the last track? Before we get to the last track, I wanna say speaking of singing, Danny Brown's singing on Shine, the tenth track. I thought that was really intriguing. For him to choose to sing with Blood Orange, who is no fucking slouch. No. One of my favorite RMBX. And I think it worked because Blood Orange went with the more of low tone of voice. Right, right. And the outro on the track, um, I said it sounded like a spaceship flying away. Yeah. And it just kind of reminded me of the end of Highest in the Room as well. Not as epic, but just that whole space vibe. The last track. What you think? All right. So I did like I did like the sample um, from the documentary '80s Block um, from t- '80s '80s Block from Tiffany's and um, Q-tip I rap, died for the bro. Sh- yeah Q-tip and Consequence on the second half really put make this song what it is. 
Um, I like that the ending was longer than most of the tracks on the album because for the most part, I mean, we're looking here, a lot of the tracks are, yeah, they're a decent length. I mean, I thought, I thought they were shorter than that. He just makes the time go by fast. That got a 10. I gave it an 8, but... Um, I know, thought it was a really good way to end. Between like an 8 and a 10... I mean that's above average. However, you oh yeah, absolutely. It, you know, uh, the my favorite line was for I die for this shit like Elvis. Yeah, I like that. I like that one. <laughs> Just yeah, a a great ender. Um, Danny Brown on the album, he he's sort of all over the place, but he does paint this like very bleak picture of like the drug game again. He talks about selling crack a lot, selling and cooking crack to get the life he wants. Um, explaining like not falling for that though as well and not falling for the trappings in the music industry as well like we talked about on the second track I believe it theme was song. yeah um, so talking about that on theme song um, the album is really short but I think that works to Danny Brown's advantage because he is somebody who's really out there and who can do a lot with a little with a little amount of time and I think, too, we, we already said this was a very... I think it's his most focused album as far as the sound. Like you said, his Atrocity lyrics... Atrocity Exhibition, though, is a, is a very focused Yeah, it was very focused on, on being dark. Yeah. But as far as the sound, there was nothing like overtly crazy. It was all pretty laid back. So I think if he'd have done a full length, like you get into 40 minutes, 50 minutes of that, I think we would be talking... Yeah, it was good. It's what you would expect of a rapper of Danny Brown's caliber, but it got kind of boring. Right, and also... It's important to mention the fact that he does say that this is supposed to be like sort of a laid back kind of album and it does do that in a lot of ways, but there are, I mean, that doesn't mean this album is lazy by any means. No, not at all. I think, I think that it is done very well. I also said that his delivery and you, and you mentioned this too, but his delivery being less abrasive on this album is going to help him in the long run because I think this will allow more people to listen to Danny Brown who wouldn't have prior. Yeah, because it, if you go back and listen, go listen to Triple X, he has a voice that if you don't love it, you're not going to hop on. Right. And it's kind of like a joke. Then you're going to have your friends trying to explain why this person is good. Like, no, okay, if you're having to explain a joke, it's not funny. Right. If you're having right. to explain why this guy is good, he's not good. No, no, like, that's not true. Some people look at stuff that way. Like, right, I'm having right. to tell you, no, bro, go, you have to go read the lyrics when you right. listen. Like, Young Thug, to get into Young Thug, it's almost like you speak slime language. Yeah. Like, after you... I do speak slime language. After you've heard it a couple <laughs> times, read along, like, you know what he's saying. You know what's funny? When people would, would talk about... Uh, well, before we get into that, what are you giving this album? It's an eight. Yeah, I gave it an eight as well. I don't... I, there's... um, My favorite tracks on here were... Uh, I had uh, Theme Song, Dirty Laundry, Belly of the Beast, and Savage Nomad. Okay. I added a lot to my um, year end year end off of this, so I'll just read you those. Uh, it's about how I have the album. So you had Dirty Laundry, Three Tears, Belly of the Beast, Savage Nomad, Best Life, Shine, and Combat. Very nice, very nice. So yeah, half the album. Great job to Danny Brown. This will this will probably make my year. End. Yeah, this will be this will be mentioned been a at great least. Great fucking week for yeah. me. You know what I mean? I f- I feel like for a while I was only giving albums like. Fours and fives, and well, we we you did, know we did review a PMB Rock album this year. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to PMB Rock. 
That one wasn't horrible. Get that money. Get that money. Yeah. Get that money. All right, when we come Suck back. Suck on this big thing. <laughs> get that money. Oh, Stop yeah. Stop capping. And that damn Blueface album. When we get back, we're going to go over uh, some sneaker drops. And then we will get into Billy Wood's Terror Management. Stay tuned. Yeah, I... Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. Before we jump back into this episode, I just wanted to let you all know to give us a subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, a follow on Spotify, and give us a rating as well. Follow us at HLHPO on Instagram and uh, send us a DM if you guys want us to review something in particular. Thank you all so much for listening. Let's jump back in. We're in this bitch with the gang. The, the gang is hooks, lines, and hip hop. Yeah. HLH, that's it. That's it. Ride and die all day. Yeah. All day. Welcome back. Hi. How are you? That was a Jeffree Star. Reference for those of you that did not know. You've been watching that Shane Dawson documentary, dude? Let's get into that. No, we I have not watched beyond the first episode. Me and Tab will have a uh, special docu- or podcast uh, series about the Shane Dawson yes. nine-part. Yes, under the hooks, lines, and hip-hop imprint. Yes, yes, yeah. that'll be coming out soon. Yeah. So what you rocking this week? This the, this entire week, I'll be wearing this outfit. Um, Yeezy 750 V2s. Uh, man, my favorite shoe of the entire year. It's clear now. I wear them at least five times a week. It's crazy. Um, Sweat also, also got on. It's brazy. Right. Also got on some uh, some Marilyn Manson merch because Uzi wore it. Okay. What you got on? I'm wearing I, I, no shoes. I mean, I wore shoes today, but I'm not wearing shoes currently. He he believes that shoes uh, restrict him from the vibrations of the earth, guys. Yeah. He likes to be plugged in when we're podcasting. Yeah. No, actually, my. Uh, my um, what what do you call it? The guy that looks over the dorm, the RA is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. So my RA caught me. He had a bunch of shoes in my closet. <laughs> yeah, if if anybody can name that reference to a hip hop skit, <laughs> is Kanye. You remember that? What was skit? that college dropout? Yeah, when he's okay. getting yelled at for because the guy finds the shoes in his closet. But anyway, no, I'm not <laughs> wearing shoes currently. But I am wearing jeans as usual. I got I broke you the car hearts the car back out. out. This Thank one's hard. You. I got it Thank this weekend. You, it's black and gray. Where'd with you stripes. go? Same place? Nah, Big bro. G? I don't want to drop the plug. And not Big G's? No, it's not Big G's. It's Cabela's, believe it or not. Oh, like but Bass you're Pro paying Shops. too much, right? No, they're actually cheaper than the internet I looked. Ten? No, uh, they're like $17, $18. Can't do that. Yeah. I'm too cheap. Feel, like, feel how thick they are, bro. They don't wear out. I know, dude. It's Carhartt. Like what? It's Carhartt. It's with you for life. Work tested and approved. Yeah. The guy when we were in Cabela's. Paper quality. Yeah, the guy when we were in Cabela's, like he's like trying to hand out like little things to sign up for Cabela's credit card. Mm-hmm. I was like, bro, I'm, I'm, look at me. Do I look like I come to Cabela's a lot? <laughs> You're no. white, so. He's like, you get a free hunting hat. I was like, well, that's cool because I've been hunting twice. <laughs> <laughs> and you didn't shoot anything? You're no, just, just like two, just two people, but in South Carolina, you can get away with that. Uh huh. No, I've really, I've only been. I've only been hunting twice. <laughs> they were trying to shoot deer, and you're out there like fucking Robin Hood for the elk, for the deer. Just yeah, psh. yeah. I'm not no Dick Cheney up in here. Um, <laughs> no, so I got the Carhartt tee on, and then I've got this Nike. I don't typically I wear Nike like apparel that's not shoes. I don't know why. Right. I mean, I like their basketball shorts. Kind of corny. Yeah, but this is I don't know. This spoke, is cool. spoke to me. 
zips up kind of like the Bapes all the way up the top. It's an Air Force One hoodie. Yeah. And it's got and everybody some, knows it's, if it's a One or an Air Force One. That's all, that's all yeah, you care that's about. That's all I've got. That's all you care about. That's right. And the Blazers. Anything like, anything like, I feel like a skate shoe. Well, you, the, you fuck with the skate shoe. I like the low Blazers. The high Blazers don't look good on me. We should talk about that. Like, is there anything that immediately draws you to a shoe? Like, is there like some, maybe a color, a shape, um, just anything that like immediately draws you to a shoe? No, not really. Dead. For me, it's like, if it's, if it's like an athletic shoe, like a running shoe, I'm usually, that intrigues me. Okay. Right off the bat. But I have tried to get into more of the dad swag. Uh, with the Asics, the Asics kind of—I'm starting to get into those. There's yeah, the a gel, gel lights are nice. There's a gel Asics Gel Three that was coming out. Um, I don't know. It's just got to be different. Like that, that's why, like the Jordan Six. Like I'm not a huge fan of the Jordan Six, but the Travis Scott with they have in the pocket on the outside. That that green is a colorway that they've not done. Mm-hmm. So just the fact that it's different. Like I feel like Jordan Jordans are cool, but they're so overplayed. Right. Right. Like everybody's got Jordans. Everybody has Jordans, particularly uh, Jordan ones, and that's um, why the like unique colorways like the Chicago to Paris they didn't sell like the LA to Chicago, right? But I feel like the those are going to be like more rare in their time, I guess. Yeah, perhaps. I also think uh, you can't really predict like what's going to sell and what's not. Yeah. In sneakers, another thing, another shoe that I I like, but it's really overplayed is the SB, the Nike SB. I always gravitated to those more because they were kind of puffier. Um, they had a lot of really cool, uh, not silhouettes, but colorways that were coming out. Uh, when I was originally getting into sneakers, the Tiffany, the Tiffany blue, yeah, I mean that was just that, out. and that's when the they they were shaping the dunks. I mean they looked like a pair of like Etnies, right, right, back yeah. then they really did. Um, but I did want to bring up this Asics that came out yesterday with Kith. It's called the Super Blue. Mm-hmm. It's got this. It's got this really weird kind of interesting. It's like a. It almost looks like like pony hair. Upper. It's just all it is is a it's really like cool. it's a rough suede. Yeah. So they leave like the the fibers the on the suede. On yeah. What do you think of this shoe? I like it. You fuck with that. I would. I I that. like it. I wouldn't buy it because I know I would. That shoe would get trashed. Yeah, I agree there. Like I had a pair of Reebok classics, same sort of material. They were like a UNC like powder blue, and mm-hmm. I loved them. But the first time I wear them, I stepped in something and couldn't get it off. Damn, the suede's so tricky. They had a second pair come out called the Super Blue. These I'm not a fan of as much. The usage of the suede here is just not doing it. For yeah, cause I like the I like the blue and the and yeah. the heel and everything. I if this were if that were taken off, it'd be a good shoe. Yeah, it'd be fine. Uh, another shoe, uh, the. The Sakai and Nike Blazers are coming out October 10th. Tomorrow. Um, two days. Two days from now. From when we record this. And uh, I, I'm kind of liking these, but I've always I've seen them in person. Shout out to Wade. You know, that's the guy. He's always got, he's always got the shoe best plug. shoes. You know, he's always got them. Wade, you fucking got everything, bro. But um, he showed me those in person, and they're cool. They're just not something I could wear because I'm flat-footed as fuck. Yeah, the, the Blazers... I I got the Stranger Things ones and I'll keep them because I'm a Stranger Things fan, but they don't look good on my feet. Okay, so I like you're the not gonna blazers. cop these. You're not gonna drink. No, them. I, I I wanted to get the waffles. Yeah. When they dropped, and they dropped like the silver colorway and the black colorway, but I was on the cruise. Right. Okay. 
so I did not get get a chance to go with those. But the, I, those that is the Sakai drop that I wanted. The Blazers, because you and I both thought the the Blazers were no the, go. the waffles. Oh, the waffles. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Well, the waffles did kind of they they went going they went crazy, but the Blazers didn't really go for as much as I thought they would. Um, another shoe here that we want to talk about is uh, Pharrell. Pharrell um, and Adidas NMD are doing another human race shoe. It says love others on. Do you know why? On each shoe. Because Pharrell saw how much fucking money Kanye made off of like diversifying Yeezy and blowing right. Yeezy up. Right. I think all they're gonna do is I mean, we saw it with the the HU shoe that they were selling for like around like one twenty retail. So I think they're just trying to make kind of like the Yeezy brand. I think they're trying to make the Pharrell collab a little more accessible. There was there's um these were. I was looking at these today. Because if you look at the prices on like StockX, the trends as far as the ones you can get under retail are very similar to the Yeezys. Right. Well, these just don't seem to be selling out as well. I love this shoe though. This one, the shoe we're looking at is the Pharrell NMD. It says breathe on the shoe. It's white. It's going for 220 retail. Um, This is the only one they had in my size. And now... Also, it kind of adds another tier to having, like, that high fashion shoe. So, like, now... I like the way the lace kind of all bunches up at the top. That's the only thing... That's what always attracted or appealed to me about the... I don't want to say this and sound rude, but now... Oh, you can't afford a Yeezy? Well, here's something that's kind of like a Yeezy for a little bit cheaper. It's the same retail price, though. You can't really make that argument. Unless you're talking I mean, you're about somebody trying whole, to get a resale. Yeah, resale and overall. But these will go for, I mean, some Pharrell colorways will, are oh, a lot going of them are still crazy. crazy. Like, that's what I'm I saying. I think, think the market is going to end up being the same because he's still going to have the colorways that they're going to keep in pocket and that they've only released a few times because they're going to have the resale market there. But then now, if you go on to StockX, you can get some of these NMDs for below retail. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I think they're kind of like easy brand. Okay. In, in that aspect. In that maybe only certain colorways will be hyped up and yeah. there will only be certain ones that will resell. Yeah, because they, were, they did a line with Pharrell that was selling for like retail 120. It wasn't an NMD. Right. And it didn't have boost. But I think they're just trying to make the, the brand a little more accessible. I need these. The human race Adelaide. Bro, it's that, that looks sandal. like what you get when you sprain an ankle. A straight up, straight up, dude. You might see these on my feet within the next couple of days. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to go full dad on your ass and have on some white tube socks. These, those my look, khaki shorts. Those look like shoes pad. they give you in prison that, so that you can't hurt yourself with them. Right, right. They keep you in the padded room with these on. Yeah, I'm not with those. Or they kept Epstein. <laughs> yeah, I'm not with those. I fuck with these. All right. Uh, another shoe coming out. Jake, go ahead and talk about this one, October dude. October 11th. Since you're the one who got lucky on the first one. October 11th, the Jordan 6s are supposedly dropping. October we'll 11th. Because they've had popping. like five dates. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if I can get them. These are official images. Yes. This is, so this is what the shoe's going to look like. Wild. Uh, Cactus Jack uh, logo on the... What do you call this thing? I it loosens the the lace, that little, that little yeah thing, you know. Uh, sorry, guys. Um, and then, uh, you know, same, that green it's got the pocket. Colorway. The pocket is something that is Travis only, um, which now I'm sure Nike's going to start doing, as we've seen them slap the backwards check on every fucking thing. Right. Um, and then, yeah, there's not a lot on the back. I think on the heel, there's another Cactus Jack logo and Nike Air. Yeah. Right. So it's not as heavily branded as the 
one, like I like the, which it's a little more like out there because it's highlighted, like you've got red on green, but on the ones, like the Cactus Jack face logo is embossed. Yeah. So you can only see it like if the shoe is right in front of you. I think, I mean, they're both, anybody that sees it is going to know it's a Travis. Yeah, I mean, the pocket kind of gives it away on this That one. and the color, because that's a color I don't think Nike's used on a 6 they, before. I mean, they've done olive green 6s before, though. I mean, we can look those up real quick. But, no, I'll try to get those. Shattered uh, Backboards come this month, too, those ugly shrink-wrapped ones, Shattered, the 26th. Shattered Backboard 3.0. Um, I'm excited for them. I might try and cop. Somebody's already trying to get $1,000 on StockX for the fucking 6s. Oh, they, they've been like that for a while. Yeah. Because there's been, they already did a, a small release, Super Bowl. Yeah. Release with those. I was trying to see, they've done a similar green, not quite. It's kind of a metallic color. green, yeah. but. Yeah, different materials too, so not, not a great comparison. Are are the bottoms going to glow on the Travis Scott sixes? Um, I don't, I don't know. I have not read that. That that's picture. Just, that's that's DH yeah, DH gate. <laughs> uh, shout out the that's shout a, out the OG Yeezy plug. If yeah. you know what I'm saying, boys. that's that's so he can call you out at a concert. Be like, oh, y'all see your sixes glowing, bro. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's really about it. The right. the Jim Red Nines didn't do that hot this past week. I'm not a big fan of Jordan Nines. It looks like a baseball shoe. It really does look like I a baseball shoe. Well, it was made when. Jordan was playing baseball, so yeah. uh, we're not complete idiots, guys. But uh, yeah, uh, it's not a shoe that I look for. No, not at all. Alrighty, let's jump into Billy Woods Terror Management. Tell us if you guys get the Jordan Sixes. DM us, send us lovely photos. Uh, if you get them, and Jake, I hope you do get them, so I have the pleasure, privilege of own co-owning a pair of Travis Scott the, one you. of the biggest reasons I want them is that Astro World sweatshirt yeah. is the same color yeah yeah. yeah. you need to get that fit off yeah That's I gotta what do we, it I gotta do it once get that fit off yeah for sure gotta for do sure. it once Good let's luck talk to you, about let's talk about it Billy right. Woods Billy Woods terror management so Billy Woods is an underground hip hop artist he's been in the game for a long time now uh, Jake you you compared this album to a calculus book. Talk for about me, that. For me. Yes, okay, so that's important. Hakeem's notes are very long and detailed. Yeah. Mine are very short. I didn't get into, like, defining every mention of something that he mentioned. I was trying to understand it, dude. Because, like, when I was reading the lyrics, it didn't mean anything to me for a while. I mean, it did. Like, I knew it was clever, but I wanted to know why well, it was It's kind of like Doom, too, but we kind of knew what to expect. Like, Doom, you kind of have to research. Doom is, Doom is like a cartoon character, though. Like, the shit he's talking about will be, like, out there. Or he'll, like, he'll compare his, his like, love, like, him losing a girl to him being a clown. Like, there's some, there's some sense of where he's coming from. Billy Woods, on this album, it was, it was all these esoteric references to... To, you know, to literature, to um, African pop, uh, she was uh, African pop singers, to uh, African countries and cities that I had no idea about. I mean, it was just like a whole a whole history and a whole background that I was absorbing yeah. when so, I was listening to this. For me, like, I'm glad people care about this enough to go that deep like i'm glad people know how to build bridges and i'm glad people know how to do calculus but i don't need to know that personally in my life <laughs> so i i took it at face value <laughs> right. you wanted to give 
you wanted to just give your first impression. Yes. I, and I, I listened to this three times. So I mean, I, I've listened several times. Right. Again, without notes, though, I listen, I could listen to this ten times, and it would have just went in one ear and out the other. I mean, I wrote stuff down. Yeah. But I, I just, I, it was so much that I was like, yeah, no, nah, I can't do all this. Right. And, and just, a, just a, a taste for you guys, for anyone who hasn't listened to this album yet. There is a mention on Marlowe, the first track, of Gregor Samsa. Gregor Samsa is a literature character from a short story written by Franz Kafka. Uh, Gregor Samsa is a salesman. He, and overnight, turns into a cockroach, a giant cockroach. His family's mortified. They sort of just want him killed, even though he was providing for his family before. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really one of my favorite short stories of all time. Uh, but he compares people to the physical cockroach, just saying how they're writhing around in bed, stuck in medicines, they're lazy. So just uh, sort of that sort of comparison, like... You wouldn't really know that unless you had either read that before in an off chance or, again, you have to Google it and and something like that. Like, I knew he was being deep because right. the hook, he says, world getting warmer, we going the other way. Right. Like, at first I was like, damn, that's really a simple-ass hook. And then I was like, wait, no, no, no. I said, he's talking about global Final warming change. and now society's getting colder. Like, now everybody, everything is so divisive. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I, I don't want to bring, I don't want to get off of the album. No. But did you see people criticizing Ellen for sitting next right. to George Bush at a at a public game? I wanted to I wanted to actually bring that bring up her clip at the end. Yeah, where she she addresses it. Right. I watched that today. Yeah. But it's sort of the same thing. Like people were giving her hell for that, and she says, "When was it wrong for me to sit next to somebody that doesn't believe what I believe?" She also said. I knew going to a Cowboys game that I was going to run into people who didn't agree with me. Yeah. That was, that's beautiful. And that's something that like, so I could tell about. how deep he was talking. Mm-hmm. I just didn't get, I didn't read into all of it like you did. Right. Right. And, and usually when somebody's to me nowadays, a lot of hip hop music is not saying anything. So when somebody is saying something, it deserves it deserves your full attention. And what you'll see, the, the entire theme of this album is, is the end. It's fear. It's a, it's a fear of global warming. He brings up glaciers melting into waters often. Um, it's always a mention of the end of some way. And through that, there's a lot of dark humor, a lot of mistrust of, like, of white white men and white government in particular. Um, there's a line that says all white people were born cops. He yeah, there was one that, that kind of struck me. Which where, is just funny, you know. There was one that struck me where he he almost kind of said, like, he's come to accept this. Like, it's almost like I can't do anything to change it. Right. He says, whitey always gets his path, though unavoidable, like Mercury, Mercury, Mercury in the fish. And that's on Dog Days, the eighth track. Right. And, and I, was I like, quoted that, That too. was like, whole, I was like, holy shit. Like, he's saying, like, well, it's unavoidable. At this point, like, obviously we still eat fish, even though we know that there's high level of mercury in the fish that's being imported and exported throughout the world. So, and that was kind of like, damn, there, there's multi-layers, my bad. There's multi-layers to his lines. Well, and I want to bring up, again, the fact that he has a line before that. He says, the blackest laugh is the cracker's crash, Shaden Freud. 
Schadenfreude is a German word that means laughing at other people's misfortune. He's saying that white people laugh at the misfortune of, of black people, of minorities. Mm. Yeah. And again, like, Schadenfreude, when the fuck would you have ever heard that word ever? Yeah. Ever. Again, something you had, I had to Google. Um, th- there's a line on the, on the track before that, or I'm sorry, not that one. Oh, scrambled for mass gas twirl in a trench. Um, gas twirl in a trench. Gas twirls were soldiers with big fans that were going through trenches clearing up the air. And that's Damn. not something that you would have known. Um, a lot of MF Doom influence. That was a on lot. the song Myth. Um, in the beginning of that track, he goes, Whitey stole the soul and came back like we're old friends. Like, thinking about how... I think maybe nowadays that we do see, like, people want to believe that there's racial harmony when, in fact, there is still some people who do hold on to that underlying tension from history. Um, and it, it, and you don't have to agree or disagree with that outlook, but it's important to see somebody's view. Uh, he is literally African-American. He spent a majority of his time in Africa, but he does have the perspective of living in America as well. And that provides a unique outlook that I don't think a lot of artists can offer. What were some other, um, tracks that you, that you liked on there? The Marlowe was one of my favorites. Um, I gave that a nine out of 10. Uh, the next one, uh, Western Education is Forbidden. I like that one a lot. Uh, and that's, that's, I was very encouraged from the first two. I was like, okay, damn, I'm, I'm feeling this. And the tone is kind of set. And I was getting into it. And then that's when it, I don't know if it got more abstract or a little more like if, if you weren't willing to like dive into every, every single line and have the time to go into every single line, it, it could get kind of boring. Mm-hmm. It was really the tracks with it with the track being under under two minutes in length. There's again, unless you're willing to do that deep dive into the album, there's not much you're gonna want to come back to on here. Billy Wood's album, the terror management, even the album cover is this icy like mountain. It's this white, snowy scene, and that that sort of scene is is intentionally uninviting. It's cold. It's uh, everything about this album is is meant to be challenging, and I got frustrated in the beginning trying to write. Well, how long? How long album. were you writing this document? Your your two hours. That's crazy. Two hundred and two minutes I spent. Like, I would pause the song, read the lyrics, find the references, and then listen to the song. Yeah. That's how. That's how I really had to. Um, and there were a few for me like that, like the right. the Mercury and Fish line. That one was enough. I went back, made sure that I like I read the lyrics. I was like, no, I I heard that right, and right. then went back and listened to it again, to listen for more. Um, I I want to point out another one here. There's the fourth track, Wind Wind Windhoek. Um, it's named after the capital of Nambia, um, and he goes on to point out the fact that there's this, um, there's this spread of drugs in the area be- becoming the new norm. Um, but there is a reference to the country being robbed by outside influences. He says they add it like Patty Hearst. Patty Hearst is somebody who committed a robbery. I think it was sometime in the 80s or the 90s. Uh, another line in here is Potemkin Village outside Tucson. Tucson is in Maryland, or Baltimore. Baltimore, it's in Maryland. It's outside of Baltimore. A Potemkin is a city that is built... 
to deceive people into thinking things are better on the other side than they actually are. So the way I thought about that is think about all the suburbs that we have in cities that are very affluent, that make people think that everything looks good, when in reality we have certain um, inner city areas. Oh, yeah, what what rapper has not said, I made it out the hood? He doesn't mention a Potemkin, which no, was built uh, outside of North Korea to try and get uh, American soldiers to defect to the North Korean side, which it worked, by the way. There are four soldiers who defected to the North Korean side during the Korean War, which oh, is still Gangnam going style. on. Motherfucker, dude, South Korea. <laughs> but again, do you, did you know what a Potemkin is? No. Me either, dude, but now I do. No. No, I, I think he's incredibly smart, and I could t- I could hear that in the in all the lyrics. The only criticism I think that people would get from this, which you have to be a fan of this music, and now I, I will go back <laughs> yeah. and listen to it more. But you have to be into this. Like I would I would suggest this to a Doom fan. Right? No, you're not. Listen, if you love like if, if you... somebody has ever told me like, no, dude, I don't like I I don't fuck with MF Doom. Like this would not be. Let me pull, uh, suggest for you. Let me give you another one. Let me give you all another bar. Savion Glover, when I'm counting, instead you motherfuckers begat accountants. Savion Glover is a tap dancer. Everybody else is getting accountants. Yeah. He's counting both ways, but he's focusing on, on the art. I mean, now that I've... Listen, this was arduous to do. It was frustrating to go through this album. I dreaded reviewing it almost because I brought it up to Jake, but it wasn't... And I didn't dread it because I wasn't excited to listen to Billy Woods. I dread it because of the level of research that you have to do to get everything this guy's saying. And I'm not saying I got everything. I could have oh, spent sure, yeah. another... It's probably like anything with movies. There's movies I've watched ten times that I noticed something new in. Best believe I'm going to go back to this album more and more times and find more. Because it's so rewarding. Like, think, like you see how, like, how fucking clever that line is now that you have that context? Yeah. It, it really is a different experience um my favorite track though was long grass um featuring pink saifu and akai soul solo um someone uh pink saifu is she does i think it's a she but she does the intro to the track and i thought it was very beautiful um i like the guitars on that a lot and it's when when you hear me say guitars it's not like a young thug guitar type guitar it was right acoustic and it was a classical guitar. Yeah, and, and again, it adds to that coldness. Mm-hmm. It's a very ethereal sort of experience. There's a line, again, he's talking about economic disparity in long grass. He has a line, a rising tide lifts all boats. That's a common saying. Right. That's a common economical phrase. Oh, you don't got a boat, you better learn to swim. And it is that just, again, speaking about that flawed logic of you know, sink or swim, and that's what we live by here, and it's not practical. Yeah. Because there's something. And that, it also references too, like, yeah, if you don't have the infrastructure, you're, you're going to you're going to sink. Exactly. You're doomed from the beginning, essentially. Yeah. Um. Again, and this was one of the one of the tracks that I would say was a bit more straightforward, uh, which which again on an album that's very obtuse and kind of difficult to understand. Uh, that's important. Yeah, it's important to have. But I, I did want to pull up the lyrics. The only thing that that just struck me is okay, you could do this better. A lot of the vocals, like they peaked several times. Like it just seemed like, it was and mixed. you could tell. Obviously, like 
there's rappers that lean on their writing and rappers that lean on beats. Mm-hmm. And I think Billy Woods is leaning on the writing. Like, okay, I, I can kind of fuck up a, a mixing or a mastering because I have bars that are this good. And I don't think the emphasis is supposed to be on his voice. But, and I get that it's underground, but there were some things that could have been done better, I think. As far as just even just the, the levels of vocals, sometimes he just seemed loud, and I lost track of the beat mm-hmm. because of how loud he he's was. Also, his his flow is more spoken word based. It's not really something that he's not even really rapping. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like the way he's rapping does not sound like. Yeah, it's it's like it's like talking. somebody made a beat to a a guy reading a poem. It's like somebody talking at you. Yeah. throughout the entire entire album he did remind me of mc ride from uh death grips certain times with his inflections the way he'd be yelling on the track not as crazy as as mc ride also remind me a lot of mf doom and i know yeah, he, a lot you said he was almost like a doom knockoff i didn't want to say a doom knockoff but right listen doom's a hard artist to get into right and i don't like i believe that he's the best out of that underground scene right but I don't have a lot of, I guess, motivation to get into that scene. Like, I know Doom's the king of that, mm-hmm. so congrats for that. But I'm not trying to be, like, super knowledgeable in that, that realm of music. The thing that I like about this album that I don't think I have appreciated about albums like this in the past, when I, when I was 15 or 16, I would say that I... I gravitated towards underground rap, but only because it was kind of the thing to like at that time. Okay. And there was there was always somebody to kind of explain it to you. But for once, I mean, Jake will tell you, there's nothing on this album. It's still fairly new. It only came out pretty recently. So for me to have to like really dive into this one on my own. Yeah, I mean, if you go to Genius, lot, there's some. Nothing. there were a few tracks that the lyrics didn't even come up on Genius. Yeah. Um... There's a line though that I wanted to bring to bring to your attention. Water at your th- going back to the rising tides lift all boats. Um, he says, "N-words better learn to swim." To quote, "Save yourself. They won't throw a rope." Water at your chest lies in your throat. You gonna see when it's at your neck though. Thirty-eight, nothing special. Blood speckled my visage. Art Deco, my lineage. Like, huh? Yeah. Huh? Crazy. And that's kind of the thing. I think Crazy, that. Man. I, I, a big kind of kind of shot, shot at Eminem mm-hmm. is napkins, babkins, flapkins. Right. Like, okay, bro, we know that you can rhyme and we know you can fit words together. Mm-hmm. It gets kind of laborious. Right. The the thing though, this this that song does go back to that theme of something's coming, something is waiting in the tall grass, and once once you do get the the album is about fear and is about sort of us being damned. Um, when you go at it with that theme, he's like almost like a dark comedian. You know, like he's yeah, just taking that. he's taking these very bleak images and making something remotely funny out of them. Um, comparing himself to the brown Grinch getting away from all the white people in town before they hang him. Hilarious. Dark. Very yeah. real, very chilling. Um, uh, there's again, "Dead Birds" is is a song again about sort of more about climate change, and um, he says that um, 
It's funny how the Meeks are inheriting a broken world, pretty much. That was the only song that I did not like because of the beat. It sounded really? like he was trying to rap over house music. I just I didn't like the. Can you the, play that one? Yeah. Um, let me pull it up. Okay. Yeah. I, it just the the beat didn't fit the mood of the rest of the album. Right. In my opinion. Okay. Let me scroll up here. We were still listening to Blueface. Yeah. <laughs> much more complicated album. Yeah, there's a lot more to be said about Blueface's EP than this. Right, but, right. But I'll course. just I'll just play you Dead Birds. <laughs> yeah. But it's very it's very broken up. This reminds me of MC Ride. Okay. I can see that. You see what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just thought of people at, like, a rave or, like, a house party. Like, that's just the kind of music. Like, you remember the scenes in Breaking Bad when Jesse's partying at his house? Right. Like, that's the kind of music I pictured. Him yeah, I never over. understood how, like, a meth party would be peaceful. I just never got that vibe from that. It is sensational. <laughs> <laughs> like cheesecake. Oh, oh, thank you, Billy Woods, for uh, on the 10th track, Gas Leak. He says, your wife on a pedestal. But this is Ruby Ridge shit. For those of you who do not know what the fuck happened at Ruby Ridge, this is dark. A family, it, they were sort of isolated people. Anyways, the ATF is after them for supposedly selling uh, firearms to a white supremacist. He, was a, he used to hang out with white supremacists, but he wasn't a white supremacist. The family fought back. The kid had a gun. The kid had a gun pointed at an agent, agent shot and killed him. Right. This family is holed up in a house on top of a hill, and the wife gets shot and killed. <laughs> okay. Like, your wife on a pedestal, but this is Ruby Ridge shit. Fucking, again, bleak, dark, yeah. bone chilling when she get down to it, man. Like, so rewarding. Um, and it also reminds me of something I could hear being done by Absol. There's a switch on the second half of the track that I really enjoyed as well. That was one of the more... Uh, the beat was a little bit more complex for that track, which I liked. I don't know. I don't have anything bad to say. I mean, really, the, I, I didn't really care for that one beat selection. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that the vocals could be mixed and maybe mastered a little bit better. Right, right. But again, the, the emphasis, as you can tell, is not on the, the instrumentals or the way he sounds. It's what he's talking about. Right. Um... What were your favorite tracks on this album? I added. I actually added some to my year end because I did like songs off this album. Mm -hmm. I liked Marlo. I liked Myth. Um, what's the the seventeenth track? He pronounces it Suzerain. Suzerain. Yeah, Suzerain. Um, I liked that one a lot. This feature was amazing on that one, and then Stranger in the Village, the last track. Very cool. Um, I want to get into Suzerain means the meaning of that word is someone who's an overlord, and um, he's speaking about a woman being in control. In that track, which again, oh pretty... yeah, I'm jacking that bar. <laughs> Suzerain Sarandon, <laughs> you heard it first. Um, my favorite tracks were Suzerain Shepherd's Tone. Um, there's this line where he says, "A dead spider in the middle of its web, sun spun gold in its threads, um, the sunset red in the west, bleed till it's nothing left." Just beautiful, just like imagery there. Um, and highlighting death again, dog days, um, the the lines on here, gasoline rainbows, cold as the Serengeti, 
the metropolis hum and glow, the tent city grows. Like, again, just pollution, homelessness, poverty. Um, the punchline, the punchline, the whole joke. Um, that's it, great. And then Long Grass, another, another good track that I liked. What are you giving this overall, Jake? I gave it a six. Okay. So some of the albums that I've been indifferent to, I've given fives because, okay, I, I respect that people like them, but right. this was more than that. I, there are things I, I did really There's like about this album. this album. But I think perspective is the, the difference. You looked at it like it was a challenge, yeah. and I knew it was going to be a challenge, so I took it at face value because at the end of the day, our, we haven't really reviewed albums like, this to this deep <laughs> because it'd be almost impossible to do that with every album it, right. this would feel more like a chore I think the, our, our format kind of fits this so I was like I, I don't need to dive too into this I'm glad that you looked at it like I, I said crossword puzzle before we yeah. started I was like dude they make crossword puzzles like, <laughs> if you want to be challenged I, I, I do I have this app and I do a crossword puzzle like every night before I go to bed Yeah, and I, I, that's how I feel like you looked at this album like and I don't look for music always was, like that to be yeah. like I don't look for music to be a challenge. I think now that music has become so homogenized, and unfortunately the not unfortunately because I enjoy the trap sound I enjoy that too you can like both, um, but I do feel like just an overexposure to that and maybe not enough of an artist like Billy Woods. So I think this was just like a really welcome change for me, and it reminded me why I loved hip-hop in the first place, which was the lyrics. And so, I mean, I, I, I haven't quoted an album this much right. before on the podcast. Um, I think, again, this album, it's really, it's really chilling. It's, it's funny at times. It's dark. It's very real. Um, if you're willing to do the deep dive into the lyrics, or if you're willing to listen to this review, and then go check it out... Um, you will you will get a lot out of this album. You will get a lot out of this album. It's very it's a, it was really just re- a rewarding experience for me for me breaking it down. I think almost meant more to me than how it sounded. Um, yeah. But even when I went back to listen, it's still it's a satisfactory listen. Well, I mean, but I really, went in, it's more about the lyrics. I went into it knowing that it was underground. Right. So it's not like if I was if if this was a Drake album mixed this poorly, we would be, bro. This is trash. But I didn't think it was I, it was distracting though. It, it really wasn't that bad, but I don't. That's not as big of a negative when you're an underground artist, also, to me, because that you you just don't have the infrastructure that people on that Drake level do to make something sound so clean. Also, it seems like it could be done intentionally just to alienate people that yeah, and don't want this this kind of more more like and a it's raw it's sound. a very New York sound. Very doom sound in New York rap music has always had a lot going on in the background, a lot of background noise. So it was indicative of of what we're saying. It was just a little. I think I think the the vocals could have been mixed is a little bit better as far as the, the vo- like the volume levels. Right, right. Not to say I've never gotten loud. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. And and I I agree with you on that. Like it could it it is it feels. Um, it, it's not it's not for everybody this album is not for everybody but for for me this is my shit okay. and it's something that i'm gonna go back to 
as often as I can. I'm I'm definitely gonna do a deep dive into Billy Wood's discography now and kind of go back and and even even check out um History Will Absolve Me a little bit closer because I think being I think being older also helps. Like I can understand yeah, a you, lot of what he's talking about now. I think it's more relatable. Like I think yeah. some things we see we can kind of understand them or, or know why that's a function. But until we get to a certain age, there's things you look back on and you don't appreciate really. them now. Yeah. Or you realize them because you've had similar experiences. I can relate to a Billy Woods project talking about the end of the world more than I can relate to uh, a little pump talking about like getting fucked up on like, like, every day. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just like at some point, you know, every age has its beauty, and I'm slowly approaching twenty five. Not to say we don't still watch Gucci Gang five times a day. At least. Yeah. At least. D Rose. Uh, and bump out the D Rose Comethazine on the regular. The Anyways. only podcast where you'll hear Billy Woods and Blueface and Lil Pump all mentioned all, in one all sentence. we're fucking diverse. I'm giving this a nine and a half out of ten. Okay. Wonderful project. Thank you so much for the last... I feel like my, my scores have been really high this these last four projects, but it's just been... We've been getting better music. Yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm happy with that, you know, because... I mean, JPEG Mafia, another kind of challenging project... And um, I forgot what I gave Kevin Gates. I think I gave that one a four. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, really, really? Yeah. So at least you guys got a gauge. Yeah. Um, so what you been listening to? Uh, man, dude, I've been listening to pretty much everything. Uh, I, I even, I mean, highest in the room. Can we talk about that? Yeah. It's what still going you, hard. It's still going hard. Um, the To me, the I should stop saying, oh. The one the thing, thing I'm... That, the thing that stole the show was the ending. Yeah. Very Kanye. Yeah. Or very, like, nod to Kanye. It reminded me of something that you would hear on... Shout out to Mike Dean. He's the one who yeah. makes that ending. My God. Very epic. And uh, I think... It sounds... <laughs> it sounds like something that you would hear on My Beautiful Dark, Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were criticizing the single, saying that it was a little bit boring. Uh, it that's fair, but it's uh, Astro, uh, we're, sorry. B- Butterfly Effect was kind of low key like that. I too. like this one way more than I like Butterfly Effect. I don't like, but I didn't like Butterfly Effect as much as this one. I can tell you, I like it live way better. Like Butterfly it's not a track I'll go back to, but if you're looking at the kind of the, the vibe of the song and how like high energy it is, they're really about the same. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was going for a, a similar vibe, but the only thing I would say, the theremin, the use of the theremin on this track was a lot different. And uh, again, the ending was really epic. Yeah, I'm not saying it sounds the same, but no. it's as low, low laid key. back or low key as Butterfly Effect, and Butterfly Effect was huge. Yeah. So. Another thing I was listening to is actually the um, the music inspired by The Grinch, Tyler, okay. The Creators. You like it? Yeah. I, um, the Whoville, Whoville, the pianos in that are really good. Um, another project was uh scar lord okay immortal immortal yeah immortal it, we don't speak the scar lord language we, we, there's only only room for slime language in hooks lines of hip-hop <laughs> all of his o's are x's yeah yeah immortal Sation, i think it's, it's supposed to be uh, but no i've been listening to highest in the room a lot i've been listening to that berserk asap ferg big sean single um that's really been Juice it. Juice World single too with NBA Youngboy. I forgot to bring that Bandit. Yeah, Bandit that came out. I like that one. It's pretty hard. Um, 
No, but other than that, just these two albums. Because we, I mean, the last episode we did was less than a week ago. So, right. almost made about a week ago reference, but it's week not ago, a week no. ago. Damn it! <laughs> twenty twenty, he's coming out. Yeah. Oh man, that that'll be big. New yeah. York will go crazy. Yeah. So let's talk about the writing prompt this week. Yes. Shortly. Uh, let's see what we've got here. So this week, where's the most exciting place you've ever made out with someone? Uh, yeah, I was trying to think about that. I guess, I guess maybe downtown Greenville. Okay, pretty where, exciting. We we probably have some local listeners. Why don't you <laughs> go into detail as to where in downtown Greenville this happened? I was, I was. You know those uh, those swing benches in Falls Park. There's like a couple. There's like eight or nine of them. Oh yeah, I bought heroin down there. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. That is one hundred percent full. Jake doesn't do joke. heroin, guys. He's yeah. not a heroin. I have guy. too much energy to have hair or to have heroin. To, to have do heroin. heroin. I, I, officer, I don't have heroin. I have too much energy. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I was on the swings at Falls Park. Is uh, right in front of the waterfall. It's kind of cool. Okay. That's about it. Uh, mine was Frankie's Fun Park. Dude, Freshman year of high school. Okay, fair. You were a child. Yeah, I was a child. So, Frankie's Fun Park, for those of you who aren't from this area of the country, it's kind of like a Dave & Buster's, but they have go-karts, batting cages, mini golf. Dave & Buster's for kids. Yeah, I mean, there's still you can still go to Frankie's Fun Park, I think, now and not be looked at like a pervert. If you go as an adult, the only thing you really do... Yeah, if you go as a group of adults, the only thing you normally do is the putt-putt and the golf carts. Yeah. Not the golf carts. Go-karts. Well, this was... On their, like, above their laser tag viewing area. Right. Yeah. Oh, really? You yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and, I, and as a freshman in high school, I was like, I was, I was, I was lit before it was lit. <laughs> um, but now, like, I see that places, and I'm like, could y'all fucking not? <laughs> so now I realize how annoying it is. So it's not a brag. Don't, I don't want, I don't want anybody to say, dude's still bragging about shit he did in high school. Yeah. No, no, no now no. it's cringy That's as hell. writing problem. It's cringy as hell, but, like, then I was hyped for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't really like PDA now. I, yeah. I don't think I'd make out with a girl in public. I, I wouldn't even really kiss her. The last time I saw, like, adults, like, doing that, they were drunk. And that's usually the case. You know what's really cringy when when adults use pet names in public, and they're not like not like babe or yeah, those or, are kind of I mean? like socially but acceptable. Like, you good schnookums? Oh, good yeah. booby. I don't hear a lot of people doing that. Oh, in dude, I heard this one call. It made Wait. me want to jump off the roof. Yeah, it made me want to just jump off the roof and just end the cringe. It was too much. It was cringe overload. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of a weird topic. It's it is strange. Uh, what, what do you remember where you, where your first kiss was? No, bro. I honestly. I was I in my garage. I was Ty Lopez before he was Ty Lopez. Okay. Here in my garage, making out with girls. <laughs> yeah, no, I can remember my first like one that I re- I, I can. There's one I remember, but I know right. it's not my first one. Okay. But that's the first one that I can remember. What was the first? Where is that at? Um, West Virginia, and they were. I, I was not related. <laughs> Hakeem just peeked that motherfucker. No, it was West Virginia, and I was not related. It was a family friend. I don't want to get it. I don't want to get too deep into this. That's as much as I want to say. Oh, I'm so sorry. But she for, had a boyfriend I'm sorry for at the peeking time. the mic, guys. Yeah, she had a boyfriend at the time, but I was I, I wasn't a local dude, so it was fine. Right, right. Well, that's well, also that... before we knew what local was. Like that wasn't a slang term. Capping. No, it was no. just what you did when you went to play baseball. Baseball. We were capping. We were, ca- and 
hitting dangers. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So Fantastic. if you haven't gone to listen to BTB featuring Astro Kid, check that out. Yes, please do. It's, a, it's on phenomenal the, track. Yes, whatever you're listening to this on, scroll down or up. And you'll see it, BTB. I absolutely loved the track, Jake. Thank you so much for giving me something to bump while I fight off the Democrats. Here we go. Up on a Tuesday. Yeah, hooks, lines, and hip-hop going up. Here we go. Getting fucked up on a Tuesday. Sonny Digital, where he been at? He's hiding. This was back when McConan was fat. I mean, that's where the talent res- res- What's the yeah, past of the resides? Roles. That's where the that's where the talent resided. In the roles. Yeah. On the Tuesday. Thank you guys so much for listening. We love y'all. All right. Nah, this dude's canceled. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of Hooks, Lines, and Hip Hop. We appreciate you spending your time with us. Don't forget to share us with your family and friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at HLHPO. Once again, that's HLHPO. Thanks for the support, and until next time, see